Hey everyone, happy Wednesday. I hope you can hear me. There's a little bit of background noise. This week's video will be on how to become an addict in three easy steps. The word addict was actually coined as a verb, so addict, in the 1530s. It comes from a Latin word, which means to deliver, award, yield, or make over. The word addict as a noun was coined in 1909, and it refers to devoting or giving up oneself to a habit or occupation. Now, that's something we tend to think of is drugs. When we think of the word addict, we think of somebody who's on drugs or who uses alcohol too much. Maybe somebody who's addicted to sex, and sometimes we think of obsessive compulsive disorders as addictions. But what does the Bible say? You know, I've preached in a whole lot of prisons, and during this time, I personally have had very, very little experience with addiction in terms of drug use or alcohol use. I've had some. I used to get drunk a lot and make really stupid decisions. But in terms of other drugs, I have very, very limited knowledge. One thing that the Lord taught me was that the Bible actually has a whole lot to say about addiction. I was ministering to this girl about, I think, a year and a half ago, and she was in a Texas prison, and she said to me that she wanted prayer because she was about to get out and she had been locked up eight times because she was a heroin addict and in that moment when she told me that she was a heroin addict the spirit of the lord rose up on the inside of me and i said you're not a heroin addict you're a supernatural addict well i'm going to get into what i mean by that but it really set this girl free and i saw her completely completely give over to the lord in her life and it was a really amazing thing to finally know the truth behind her addiction. Now, I said at the beginning, this video is how to become an addict in three easy steps. Now, I'm sure that you didn't click on this video because you want people to find out that you've been Googling how to become an addict, <laughs> but I know that you're curious. So let's get to what the Bible says about how to become an addict. So when we think about an addict, we don't think about somebody who is an idol worshiper, but God says, that that's what an addict really is because an idol is Hebrew word teraphim, which is the plural of to heal or a healer. So an idol in the Bible is a healer. So we don't think of people who are addicted as people who worship idols, but they are. And I'll go one step further, I'll go one step further that almost everybody is an idol worshiper. Almost everybody who has not had their mind renewed, in fact, I would say everybody who has not had their mind renewed by Christ is an idol worshiper. And I know that some people who are Christians are still idol worshipers because I know that when I was already saved, I was drinking a lot. So how did I get in that point? 
How did I get to that point? How does anybody get to that point? And I'm not just talking about drug addiction. I'm not just talking about alcohol addiction or sex addiction. I'm talking about anything that you use to heal yourself. Because that's what an idol is. And that's what the Bible says that an idol is. Is that when you use something that's not God to heal yourself, you're an idol worshiper. How about them apples? This goes all the way beyond drug use, beyond alcohol use, beyond prescription medication abuse. It goes to anything. It goes to shopping. It goes to watching movies. It goes to watching TV over and over and over. Binge watching something because you don't want to deal with something else. There are so many applications in everyday life. So how does a person become an idol worshiper or become an addict? Remember at the beginning I said there were three easy steps. Well, step one is actually found in Romans chapter 1 verse 21. Let me read that for you. Romans 1 21 says, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. People in context, all the verses ahead of Romans 121 tell us that that God has revealed himself to every human. Anybody who says that they don't think that there's a God, they're a liar. Because God says in Romans 1 that he has revealed himself to everybody and that his creation understands that he is God. People who say that there's not a God are people who do not want to be held accountable for their own decision of whether to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior or not. That's why they say that there's no God, so that they think that they're not held responsible. Well, of course God's going to hold them responsible. But that's not a point. So the first step to getting addicted to being an idol worshiper is to fail to acknowledge or to fail to glorify. And that word glorify comes from a root word that means to acknowledge. Failing to acknowledge God as God and failing to be thankful. Now, this, the result of failing to acknowledge God as God and failing to be thankful immediately is that you become futile in your mind and your heart becomes darkened. So, what does it mean to acknowledge God? Because I know lots of Christians think that they acknowledge God. They go to church, they read their Bibles, they pray, but they are addicted. They're addicted to sex. They're addicted to working. They're addicted to alcohol. They're addicted to whatever. They're addicted to jumping from one relationship to the next. They're addicted to all kinds of things. So what is the problem? The problem is that they're not glorifying God as God. And what does that actually mean? It means they're not acknowledging God. And what does that word mean? Well, as my favorite pastor says, acknowledgement means to act on the knowledge. In other words, they're not acting on the knowledge of God that they already have. Take, for instance, the Christian. The Christian who knows that God has delivered them from all of their addiction, has delivered them from all kinds of bondage, yet they continue to put themselves in an alcoholic situation where they use alcohol over and over or take the Christian who has been had her heart broken who just uses sex in place of love and God has delivered her from that so she's failing to acknowledge failing to act on the knowledge that God has given her that she has been set free now we're gonna get to the next two steps but that's just a brief and broad overview of the first step the first step to becoming addicted is failing to glorify or acknowledge God as God and not being thankful to Him. If you're not even acknowledging Him that He has done these things, that He is God, then how can you be thankful to Him? Answer, you can't. So what happens is you become futile in your thoughts. What that means is that your thoughts will get you nowhere. It's futile, like tires spinning on mud. Futile. And your heart becomes darkened. 
and what happens when your heart becomes darkened? The Bible says that the entrance of His Word gives light. So when you are not acknowledging God as God, acting on the knowledge that you have of God, and you're not thankful to Him, then your thoughts aren't working properly, your mind isn't working properly, and your heart is dark. In other words, there's no light of God, there's no wisdom on how you can get out of this situation coming in. Your heart is dark. So that's step one. Step two is to allow your mind to tell you what to think. Now, I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but if you have a mind that isn't working right and you begin to allow it to tell you what to think, you're going to get deeper and deeper into an addiction or into a problem. Now, God has created us to need certain things. We all need water, we all need food, we all need sleep, we all need to go to the restroom, we all need companionship, we all need certain things. There is one thing, however, that most people need, but almost no one realizes they need. People need contact with the supernatural. Now, I know that most well-educated American people will say that they don't believe in the supernatural. Even Christians will balk at the thought of the supernatural, even though they worship a God that they can't see. Most educated Christians I know really don't accept the move of the supernatural in anyone's life. And so, does that mean that we don't need it? No. God created us as natural beings, but He wanted us to be supernatural beings. He wanted us to experience God-likeness, which is above nature, supernatural. And so when we don't have that, what happens is we have a longing, we have a needing in our heart, we have a hunger, if you will, in our heart that we try to fill. Now we can have everything in the world, we can have our bank account full, we can have our house paid for and everything we own paid for, we can be retired at 30, we can have everything that we ever wanted in our lives and if we don't have a touch of the supernatural, we will be hungry for it because God created us that way. Of course his ultimate plan is for him to fill that need, but these are three easy steps to becoming addicted. So this is step two, allowing your own mind to tell you what you think. When you do this, you can put all these things in place to satisfy yourself. In other words, you're like, I got to go to work, so that's going to satisfy my bank account. I got to um, go to the doctor, that's going to satisfy my healing. I've got to have a relationship, that's going to satisfy my emotional needs for companionship. So you set up all these things because you're allowing your mind to tell you what to do. You're not allowing God to tell you what to do. So that is a problem because Proverbs 27, 7 says the following. A satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb, but to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. What does that mean? That means when your soul is hungry because you have not acknowledged God as God, you haven't acted on the knowledge that God has already delivered you, He's already set you free, He's already given you everything, and that you can hear His voice, that you have the mind of Christ, so you're not thankful to Him, and so now your thoughts are futile. They're not going to get you anywhere. Your heart is darkened, but you're trying to survive. And so you are using your own natural mind to make your decisions for you and to tell you what to think. So you have this part of you that you don't know how to satisfy, and it's the supernatural part, the part that's supposed to connect to God. So what you do is you have this this hunger, this desire in your soul, in your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you can't figure it out. You can't put your finger on it, but it's just something gnawing at you. Something is 
missing. And so you attempt to fill it. Well, if you're hungry, you take any bitter thing. I don't know if you've ever been really starving. I used to be an anorexic. And one of the things about anorexics is you can only go so long starving yourself and then your body takes over. And whatever you eat tastes amazing. It's that old adage that hunger is the best seasoning. Well, that's exactly what it is. Now, what you're eating may not actually taste that good, but it's because you're so hungry that you'll just take anything. And that's what happens when the soul is guided by the natural man. That's what happens when your thoughts are futile and your heart is darkened because now you have no entrance of God's word. You have no entrance of light into your heart. And so it's dark in there. Well, you still have this supernatural need and you're hungry, so you'll take anything, right? And so this is ripe ground for the devil to come in and put something there. That brings me to step three. Step three in how to become an addict in three easy steps is that you have to set up for yourself something that you can worship that will act as an idol or a healer to you. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is that you're going to set something up in your life that self-soothes you. Like if you, if you want to, I know lots of addicts don't start out that way, like white collar type crimey addicts, people who injure themselves and get, my dad, he got addicted to Pergadan when he was younger and it took the Lord to get him off of it. He didn't set out to be an addict. My dad never drank. He just got addicted to it and liked how he could just check out. He liked that feeling of just being able to hand over his life to something else and just check out. And that's what God's supposed to do. You're supposed to be able to hand over your cares to God and he's supposed to be your checkout. You're supposed to rest in Jesus, rest in your Sabbath. But what people do is that they take their rest in alcohol. They take their rest in drugs. What about sex? How does sex become an addiction for somebody? What happens is they don't believe that they are worthy and that they are worthy of somebody staying with them and committing to them and loving them as Christ loved the church. So they will just give up their body because they are seeking to fill a need. In other words, this sex is healing something that's broken on the inside of them. I'll give you an example that maybe you haven't thought of. What about golf? That sounds a little crazy, right? Well, I have a friend and he loved to golf and he was so addicted to golf that his family actually told him that they were going to stop him from going to the golf course because he was giving up family time to go golf. And when he was put on the call on the carpet about this, he said, well, it's just a way for him to check out. It's just a way for him to let off steam. Well, God is supposed to be the way that you let off steam. You're supposed to be drunk in the spirit. You're not supposed to be drunk on a golf course. And so this is another way that you can set up an idol, something that heals you in some way for yourself. So step three in how to become an addict in three easy steps is to set up something for yourself that you can worship. Now, of course, this is a pun on words. This is a play on words, and this is not God's will for you. God doesn't want you to become an addict. You don't need to be brought under the bondage of anything. You don't need to be a slave to anything except the Lord Jesus Christ. But let me ask you one question that maybe you haven't thought of. How do you choose an idol? So God talks about this in Proverbs chapter 23, verses 29 through 35. Now it's in terms of wine, but we can use it to look at all idol worship and all addiction. So here we go. Verse 
29. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions and complaints? Who has wounds without cause and redness of eyes? Those who linger long at the wine. Those who go in search of mixed wine. Don't look on the wine when it's red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. At last it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. Yes, you will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea or like one who lies at the top of the mast saying, they have struck me, but I was not hurt. They have beaten me, but I didn't feel it. When shall I awake that I might seek another drink? The first time I read Proverbs 23, verses 29 through 35, it hit me. You know, after you drink at a party, the next morning when you're cleaning up, you have a hangover, your eyes are all red, just exactly like it said, and you go out into the living room and you see all of the pretty drinks that you've made and they all look like absolute crap because they're watered down, they're not pretty anymore, they're they're wilted and, and fallen and they just don't look good anymore, right? And if you, if you drink them, they're just ugh. And so what God is telling you is that there's only a season when something's gonna look good and that season is long enough for you to yield to it. So that's how you set up an idol. When you are looking at something that appears appealing, that will heal you in that moment. So that's what an idol is. What does God have to say about this? What does God have to say about things that become an idol to you? Well, let's look in the Old Testament with a really great verse that talks about things that you worship, money or sex, or drugs, or TV shows, or sports, or whatever, follow me to Ezekiel 7.19. Ezekiel 7.19 says, they, they will throw their silver into the streets, and their gold will be like refuse, or crap. Their silver and their gold will not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. They will not satisfy their souls, nor fill their stomachs, because it became, a, became their stumbling block of iniquity. So God says, at some point, you're going to throw out these addictions because it's not going to satisfy you. You know, I've never done cocaine, but I've talked to people who have, and they all say the same thing. They all say that the first time you do cocaine, that it's this huge, great high, and then every time after that, you're constantly trying to get that high. In other words, you have to use more cocaine to get the same effect. And that's exactly what Ezekiel 7:19 says. It says that it won't ever satisfy you. And so finally, you're just going to throw it away. And when will that day be when you throw it away? In the day of wrath, in the day that you face God and he says, look, you could have had me and all the supernatural you can handle, but you chose this. And it's not going to save you and it's not going to satisfy you. And that's the day you're going to throw it out. So if there is anything in your life that you have found that you're doing over and over as a habit, especially anything that God has talked to you about on the inside, that your family's mentioning to you over and over, that you can't seem to break away from, it's because it's an idol to you. So how do we get out of idol worship? Well, we work backwards. We acknowledge God as God, right? What we do is we say, Lord, you saved me. You set me free from every addiction and every destruction. And you said that I'm not in bondage to anything, so I'm free. So you acknowledge God. And then you're thankful to Him. Thank you, Lord, for setting me free from this, right? And then your mind will start opening up. It'll start working again. Your thoughts will start producing 
correctly again because now you're engaged in the mind of Christ. Then the word will come in and you'll start hearing what to do, right? So when you have this working for you, when your mind is working right and when your thoughts are not futile and when your heart is now illuminated by the word of God and now the mind of Christ is working, then you're going to cast those idols before God and they're not going to be an issue anymore. So, I'm going to wrap this video up right now, but I would say to you that if you have anything that has not been working for you, that you've used to heal yourself or self-soothe yourself, something that the Lord has been gnawing on you about or that someone in your family has been on your butt about to quit, then it's an idol. Then you just work backwards, as I've just mentioned, and you give those things to God and you believe Him and you walk in the knowledge that you have of God. If you have any questions or have any problems, I'll be happy to help you or walk you through this deliverance process. Just hit me up on www.ministries on Facebook or waterwindwineministries.org on our website. Thank you so much. Remember, I love you and Jesus loves you.